Hey there, patrons. Welcome to your bonus content for this week. It's a little bit late. Uh, well, let me check in first. This is episode 264? Yeah, 264. Uh, bonus episode. I think this is the 16th bonus episode. I'm so I really love doing these. Uh, this episode, it's an interview with... I, I say episode so many times. This is an uh, interview with Chris Cooney, the extended interview with the Vegan Zombie uh, this is late. Uh, usually I get it out on the Wednesday after the show goes up. It's late this week. <laughs> Excuse me. If you don't follow me on Facebook, which is where I've been posting most of this most recent news that happened this week, I broke my hand. That's a big big deal because <laughs> I play the piano. Um, the Before I go into the whole story, and I want to, um, so I hope that's okay. The, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> I have it handled, but um, I fell down some stairs a few weeks ago at a school where I teach. It was actually a house, uh, a private home. It's like a nanny share, and I do music for the preschoolers, and uh, I meant to drink some of this coffee before I started this. Ow, it's hot. So I fell down the stairs. I was walking down the stairs, talking to one of the teachers who was upstairs. I had my guitar in one hand and backpack on and all this stuff. It's these wooden steps that are, you know, really smooth. And I was wearing socks. My foot just slipped and I went down and I caught myself with my left hand. Apparently it happened really fast. I don't remember this even happening. I remember the fall, but not. And, um, and my hand blew up really swollen and black and blue. And it was really bruised and swollen for a, a good week, but it was going down and I don't have insurance. And I didn't want to go to a doctor and have them be like, Oh yeah, you bruised your hands. Give me 150 bucks. So I didn't, and um, I kept it kept getting better and better. But then my hand was still hurting. Um, I was in Syracuse last week working um, Stronghearts Cafe at the State Fair. It was a really great time, and it really dawned on me like this something's wrong. But I don't have insurance. So at the Animal Rights March, I saw my friend Ethan Cement, who uh, has been on the podcast with his husband, Michael Suchman. Together, they are the vegan Moes. And there are also patrons here. So, hey, guys, I don't know if you're listening to this, but if you are, yay. Um, and Ethan asked how I was doing. And I was like, I'm fine. Do you mind looking at my hand? Like, I don't want to be that guy that's like, hey, Dr. Friend. Uh, he, of course, was completely kind about it. He looked at it and he was like, why don't you come to my office this week and we'll x-ray it. We x-ray the hand and there's a fully broke ass bone in my hand. Uh, the fifth metacarpal is um, fractured. Uh, to me, a fracture, I don't know. I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not a doctor. Uh, it's fra- To me, I look at that x-ray, I'm like, oh, a piece of that bone broke off and slid out of place. Like, it's a pretty big break. And it requires surgery to fix. So that was on Tuesday. So this is why the bonus content isn't going out till today, Saturday. Um, that's scary. Like, you need surgery on your hand, pianist. Um, and I don't have insurance. So Michael and Ethan rush into action. And if you've seen my podcast, my uh, Facebook post about this, I apologize. You're hearing this twice. Um... And long story short, Ethan reaches out to a surgeon that he, uh, a colleague, um, and asks if he has any resources or ideas. And the guy writes back, it's like, oh, you write, wrote to the right guy. I would love to do the surgery. And in fact, I have a, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, reading this email, like, 
he has a nonprofit that he founded to help underinsured and uninsured um, professional musicians with hand, shoulder, and elbow injuries. So it's covered. So I'm doing my, I'm having surgery on Wednesday. So the, uh, it's important for you patrons to know about this because huh, well, the thing that's hard about what I do and what you make easier is the fact that the work I create costs me money to make. And I really don't make money off of it. Like sometimes like I get money from ticket sales and people, yes, buy books and things, but on the whole, I spend way more money on creating this work that I create than uh, comes in, than, than I make from that work. So my teaching um, and p- playing the piano for other people funds and Patreon and grants that I get fund my projects. But all in all, I lose money <laughs> still from the work that I make. And I'm signed up to do it that way. Like it, I get frustrated about it. And often I wonder like, why are you doing this? Because from a perspective of a f- almost 50 year old man who doesn't have insurance <laughs> or any savings or retirement, it's not smart. And this has made me realize like, okay, there has to be some happy medium, right? So anyway, that's, I'm investigating all of that. And I'm continuing to look at things like Patreon as ways to fund this work that I make so that I can also have like a, a life, you know, like as I, I want there to be a way that I can keep making this kind of work, like these shows and the videos and the podcasts and all the different things I do um, and not be poor, you know, like, and not have to have a full-time job to do the thing that I want to be my full-time job. It's really hard to explain this. You guys already get it because you're members of this Patreon community. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Like the, uh, the fact, like the people here on Patreon and a few people send me emails, like former students or parents of students saying, you've been a great teacher to my child. Can I send you money? This was before I knew that the, the, surgery was going to be taken care of. So it's, I guess it's a lesson in one hand, I need to keep this path of figuring out how to not find a financially responsible way to make the art that I make. Right. And Patreon is a big part of that. Um, a big part of that puzzle piece, I think like making Patreon work, um, more than it does. Like it works now. And I'm really grateful for all of you that are here. Um, it would be great if it worked even more <laughs> so I could work more on creating and doing the thing that I feel um, enhances and is helping to change the world in a way that I'd like to see. So thank you for being here. Um, I have surgery on Wednesday. We go into Kaporos here in New York City. Lots of protests, lots of rescuing chickens. It's kind of a hard time. But... We're all together. Like, this is a big community, um, all of us. Like, everyone. And I think that's it. So here's the bonus content. Thanks for listening to that. And here's our bonus content with Chris Cooney. And uh, speaking of community, I think there's just a couple days left on his Kickstarter. So I'll, I'll put a link on Patreon and, and on MikeyPod.com. And, and you guys who are listening, always let me know what you want to hear on these special podcasts. And if you want help, you can subscribe to the audio feed, like your own personal RSS feed from Patreon. Um, so you will have, let me know if you want help doing that. 
because um, that's a great way to just automatically get these. And if I upload a song or anything else, it'll automatically download to your phone or whatever you use. Anyway, yay. Thanks for listening. And um, more later. More later. Okay. Oh, can I say it one more time? Uh, I'm really, really so sincerely and hugely grateful that you're here um, believing in this work that I do. And yeah, here's Chris Cooney. Hello, patrons. Welcome to your bonus episode for episode 264 with Chris Cooney, the vegan zombie. Thanks again for joining me, Chris. Thank you for having me. Um, Yay. Uh, I'm really excited that we're talking. So I have a few questions that I tend to ask on these things. Um, So here's the first one. When you were a kid, this is my vegan people question. Um, Was there any like particular sensitivity you felt you had toward animals that you Oh, wait, or do I, I don't even know how long you've been vegan. Have you been vegan your whole life? No, not my whole life. I went vegetarian when I was 14. And when I was 18, I went vegan. And was your uh, 14 year old vegetarianism about animals? Um, it was, and it wasn't. Tell me more about that. Okay. So I've <laughs> always loved animals. Like you can ask my mom, I was always trying to save the animals in the neighborhood. I remember when I was little, the, there was like a woodchuck or something and it got hit by a car and I, I kind of picked them up and put them on my bike like ET and I, and I took them home and I'm like, mom, we got to take them to the vet. And I convinced her and we, we took them to the vet. I don't know what happened after we dropped them off at the vet, but, um, you know, stuff like that. And I rehabilitated like a bird that had a hurt wing when I was little. Um, when I was 14, I was really into martial arts, and at the time, a family friend was into the martial arts ninjutsu and decided to start training us ninjutsu, so I was super excited about that, and again, I was 14 years old, and we would go out maybe a couple times a month, and we would train out in the woods. Well, one day before we started training, he said that the ancient ninja were predominantly vegetarian. And he brought with him that day, and this is back in 1990, he brought with him some tofu and tabbouleh and some green tea. And I had no idea what tofu was, and I had no idea what tabbouleh was. But I knew that if the ninja were, were eating them, then I wanted to. I, I looked up to this guy tremendously. Yeah. So I tried the tofu. This was just raw tofu, just uncooked, unseasoned tofu. <laughs> When I, when I have a piece of tofu nowadays, if I eat it like that, like it's just a piece of tofu out of the package, it brings me right back to that day. And so I ate that and I ate the tabbouleh. And from that day on, I'm like, I'm vegetarian. And I, you know, my parents didn't support me at that time because I was only 14, but I was very stubborn and I just started learning to cook my own foods. It was mainly rice and pastas and cereal and that kind of thing. Um, but as the years went on, because you got to remember, 1990, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the things that we have now, and the support groups didn't exist. The vegan documentaries, none of that was around. So as time went on, because I didn't want to do anything to hurt an animal, so I was a vegetarian, and I would still, like, I literally would eat dairy, but if I ate cheese, it had to be cheese without rennet in it because rennet, as some of us know, is the lining of a goat stomach or a cow stomach. So if it had rennet in it, that means it killed animals. I didn't know that the dairy industry was killing the animals anyway. So um, as time went on, I remember I was sitting there with my friends. We were in Taco Bell in Syracuse, New York on Erie Boulevard, and it just dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute. And I just made that connection right there. 
And I understood that people ate meat and dairy, but to me, it was not food anymore. So I made that decision right there. It's not food. I'm not going to eat animals. And there's hundreds of thousands of other things that I can eat. And from that day on, I was vegan. And that was 24 years ago. So I've found it. I mean, it's definitely changed over the years. It's a lot easier today. It's, it's a lot more convenient today. Um, where we live to be vegan, but I didn't think it was hard back then either. It was just, it was kind of like a fun new challenge in my life. Like this is what I'm doing and this is what I got in at the time. I didn't know any vegans. This was like kind of like a, a leap of faith for me because I didn't know any of the, I didn't know any, I had no support whatsoever. I just decided I don't want to be any part in uh, hurting animals or anything like that. So yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, and I think this has been my experience too, when it was really hard for me to decide to go vegan because because I was making it about me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when I decided, when I realized, like I kept eating meat for a while after I knew like veganism was what I needed to do, like for my own like moral beliefs or ethical beliefs, whatever you want to call it. But I, so there were a couple of times I remember eating meat and being like, uh, like you can't, like I couldn't do it. Like I just couldn't. And then it got easy. You know what I mean? Cause it wasn't, it wasn't an option anymore. So yeah. it sounds like that's what happened to you. When you, when you, when you tell yourself it's not food, it's very easy to say, okay, so what else am I going to eat? And you just got to stand with those convictions. Like it's not food. It's like no different than like trying to eat a tire. For me, it is. That's how I feel. Like I would never. And like, there's no cheat days. There's nothing like I'm hardcore. Like to me, it's disgusting to think about eating something that I already, I'm kind of a germaphobe. So why would I eat something off another animal yeah. or a secretion from an animal? I mean, that's essentially what it is. And I don't want any part of that. And people like, here's my analogy here. And I don't mean to be gross or anything, but you know, there's people that say like, you know, let's say I I'm getting a salad or something and a piece of cheese drops in it. They're like, well, just pick it out and eat it. I'm like, literally cheese to me is no different than like, feces like if a rat pooped in your salad would you just pick it out and eat it or would you throw that salad away because literally that's the analogy that that's what it's like for me to think about eating meat or dairy and i think some people just don't get that some people are just like well you know yeah when you come at it from that mindset it's very easy uh to go vegan and like i said I did this in a time when we didn't have internet support or I couldn't Google things. I couldn't look up a YouTube video for a recipe. Like this was, it was like we were learning this by ourselves and the couple friends that we did have, it was a close knit group. Hey, I look, look what I found at the grocery store. It's vegan or something like that. And, and this is how we lived. Yeah. Do you, do you miss that type of a, a camaraderie? Is that the word? Like the smallness of it? I mean, I guess yes and no. There is that nostalgic feeling about it of like how it how it happened, but there's also like look at what we have today. Like today, it's like there's no better time to be vegan than than right now. Like there's like if you're not vegan, like think about doing it right now. We have everything and it's delicious and there's all kinds of support groups. You can join Facebook groups, you can find people in your town to have potlucks and it's it's amazing. It's easy. And you know, I found this too, because a lot of people say, well, I don't have the money to do it. Okay. I started this when I was, I started this lifestyle when I was 14, when I was 18 and I went vegan, I ended up moving away. Um, 
I've been fortunate enough to have like a decent paying job after I graduated school and everything. So there's times that I had money mm-hmm. and then there's times that I was dead broke and I didn't know what I was going to do for my next meal. But guess what? Not once out of all of those years did I ever think that I was going to eat something that wasn't vegan. And I never did. Like money had nothing to do with it. I mean, I, you can find stuff that's cheap and vegan if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a matter of just, deciding that that's what you're going to do now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um what about food? Like what what's your favorite meal? Oh man. Um I am I'm, I'm like a pizza junkie. I love pizza whether it's a, like a really healthy pizza or a comfort food pizza. Um Yeah, but lately I've been on this Esselstyn diet and uh so I've been eating a lot healthier foods. Most of my years as a vegan, I was that junk food vegan mm-hmm. and then I'd say in the last six or seven, I started eating more consciously. And now, now I'm eating like the best I've ever eaten. And uh, I don't do foods with like oils or anything anymore. I try to eat all whole foods. Yeah, I'll every once in a while, I'll, I'll have something that's not within the realms of that diet. But um, yeah, I eat pretty healthy now. Uh, so it, now, what, what's something that you love from that world? like the the whole foods no no oil type world well you know there is this pizza that i make and it's on a recent video of mine where i make a a no oil low salt pizza with um my my crust uh that was inspired by no egg craig and then like i blend up like tomatoes and peppers and and and, an onion and some spices for the sauce and then some veggies on top like that um but i also usually wake up with a smoothie or a smoothie bowl Mm-hmm. which is frozen bananas and some oat milk, some oats and, um, you know, a few other things. So yeah. I love either of those any time of the day. Mm, love it. Cool. Um, any chefs that inspire you? Any what? Chefs that in, in terms of other, or like maybe since your YouTube world, what are your favorite YouTube channels? Um, my favorite YouTube channels are like, usually like film channels like i really love film riot um they basically show you how to make film as uh, a beginner on a budget and i followed them since they started i pretty much started my show when they started theirs and that was a show that really helped me along when i was uh, making my videos in the earlier days i don't tend to watch very many vegan youtube shows um Probably because I don't need convincing to be vegan because I I've been vegan for so long and I and I'm usually either shooting my own show or editing my own show. So when I have time, I'll watch like other YouTubers to see what they're doing. Um, you know, everybody I think likes Casey Neistat. He just knows how to film and uh, make a story come together. Um, if I am gonna watch like any kind of like plant based or vegan things, I really like Dr. Gregor with his nutrition facts. It's a wealth of knowledge right there on his channel. And I don't think I mentioned it in the other one, but I talked to him or uh, people today, and he just might be in the movie. He's interested. We just got to find a time to film with him. Oh, that'll be really cool. Yeah, for the vegan community, at least as soon as they hear his voice, I think everybody's going to start clapping. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. I just subscribed to both of those, especially FilmRite, because I'm like really trying to get myself rolling with film. So it's cool. Another question about your film. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, Film Riot has come a long way. If you watch their earlier videos, they show you how to do all kinds of things in the film world. And now they're just like, they're amazing. 
Mm. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Um, are you completely self-taught with the editing and, and filming? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I love it. This is a beautiful world that we live in right now. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so corny, but it really is like, you don't have to go to film school or music. I, I like the electronic, the software I use for my, writing my music and performing. I just learned how to use it from fucking YouTube videos. Like, yeah, that's all you need. And <clears throat> even film riot will tell you, you don't need to go to film school these days. Um, film school can give you great things like connections with other people and stuff like that, but you can learn all of this stuff without going to film school. And, you know, like I said, I was around film pretty much all my life because my dad really inspired me to do it with his movie camera. He's very creative. And when I was 16, we got to remember again, this is before the internet, this is before cell phones. But when I was 16, I saved up all my money when I was uh, in my summer job, all my friends were buying cars. I bought a camcorder. Uh, and I, I just filmed everything. I still have those videos too. And I just filmed everything that I could. And people thought I was stupid for doing it. But you know what? I'm so glad. And they're glad now looking back that I have all these videos of our childhood growing up. And when I decided to go to college, I didn't know what I wanted to go for, but I've always wanted to be a filmmaker. And at the time, again, before the internet and all that, I weighed my options. I said, look, I don't, I'm not inherently wealthy. I don't know anyone in Hollywood. I'm probably not going to be a filmmaker um, and make any money, but I will continue to do it as a hobby. So I picked something else and I went to school for something else. And then it turned out that, um, you know, I didn't like it. And here I am when YouTube came out and decided to sit down and I took a lot of time. You know, when I decided when I when I created the vegan zombie about a little over nine years ago, I. You know, I used to be a gamer before that. Like I would spend a lot of time playing online games, but after I created the vegan zombie, I couldn't I couldn't like spend any time doing anything other than learning and advancing my skills on what I was doing. So I can I completely quit all the other hobbies I was doing and I would only use my time to learn how to edit and film and make my videos better and that's pretty much how I did it. And you can see that and I haven't done it really that that often in my videos nowadays, but if you look at some of my earlier videos, those those cooking videos, you can see the cinematography, and I use a lot of different um, special effects and stuff with those zombies and everything. It was mm -hmm. fun. Oh, I love it. I love uh, having been along for the ride to watch so many of these videos. So it is, yeah. yeah. I thank you for that. Oh, Definitely. for sure. Um, all right. That brings us to the end of this interview. We can't wrap it up, though, without reminding everyone that there's a Kickstarter going on right now to fund the film A44. Um, and if you're a patron of mine, you should also be a supporter of this project. So I'm going to be bold and say just go over there right now and uh, make a pledge to back this project. And I appreciate it so much. And so do the animals. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. It's been great to talk to you. You too. Thank you.